Waiting for it. Where's the announcement? I'm coming. Alright, we're live. Oh, for us to tag everyone. Waiting on the announcement. Alright. We in? Oh yeah, we're in. Okay. There we go. Well then, welcome everyone to the Isle of Coffee podcast. Isle of Coffee. That's what I'm about to do. You guys do better. You guys do better. All right, let's change the name. What a sellout. What a sellout. (laughs) Wow, okay. Thanks, guys. Coffee and shaker cups. There we go. Coffee and Uh, shaker cups. Brought to you by Popeye's Supplement Store. can't have Isle Madden left. Now I got to change it. Uh, Don't worry about it. All right. I spent a lot of time thinking of that, I swear. Uh, All right, to be named Isle of Madam podcast. A podcast has no name. To be named. Sponsored by the the nuclear coffee. Yeah, sponsored by nuclear coffee. Officially unofficial. Oh, it's official. It's not official until you pay in my salary. All right. I want that copy. Welcome everyone to the unnamed Isle of Madden podcast presented by Nuclear Coffee. There you go. There we go. There you, there go. you go. I've that got take two worked. <laughs> I've got five other coaches with me. We've got Django. I don't know who you're the coach of. Wow. I'm the fucking Cardinals. Wow. Cardinals. Wow. He's the Cardinals. Wow. I always want to say Packers. Put some respect I always want to say Packers. I was number one in your power rankings for like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Then we've got Gorilla, coach of the undefeated Vikings. Come on, give undefeated. us a flex. Give us a flex. Yes. <laughs> Maybe later. Okay. A flex would be nice. Then we've got not a good human, Jarrett, who is. Says a good human. You're not so a good human, though. It's just. I've only won one game. <laughs> you just have to remind yourself of that every day, Jarrett. It's not normal. So yeah, that's why I drink out of this cup. <laughs> so that way I try to be a good human. Our one win Bengals. Then we have Johnny, coach of the. Be Darth. What are you, six and two Jets? Seven and two. Seven and two. Then we've got Josh, who is the coach of the Colts, who I believe are five and three. Six and two. Six and two. I don't actually 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 play any games, though. (laughs) The the Force Win Champ himself. Yeah. (laughs) Force Win Champ. And then me, the coach. The coach of the. Five and Chiefs. four Chiefs. Yeah. <clears throat> Who just Five and four. lost two in a row to Johnny and Germ. <laughs> <laughs> Which is reasonable. They're both close games. Yeah. I Well, I made late fourth quarter comebacks in both games. And just had a chance to win and never did. Finish introducing us, Joe. We're not here to talk about your failure. I'm done of introducing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't think you hit the undefeated. Oh, you did. You hit the undefeated biceps. My bad. Yeah, My I bad. tried to get I... the undefeated biceps. You guys bad. really want it? That's all we were asking. That's the whole you. point of this. That's the <laughs> only reason you're here. <laughs> <I> say, oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we can end this podcast now. That's yeah, it. that was we're it. Done. That was it. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, nobody's going to top that, so we're, <laughs> yeah. we're good. <laughs> All right, let's get to talking about actual league stuff here. Let's do let's, it. Uh, let's touch points on about? our two undefeated teams here. We've got the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles, coached by well, Gorilla and Seymour. Now, I personally think of the two teams, the one that's going to lose a game first will probably be Seymour. Really? (laughs) Yes. I don't know. He doesn't really play anybody tough for the rest of the season, though, besides Django. Yeah, like week 15. And maybe Flap. Yeah, but I feel like him winning. he He goes to New York after this bye week. Then goes to Cleveland, then Seattle. There's still a little bit of unknown about the Cleveland team. Yeah. And, and we're unknown about <laughs> Seattle now, too. Yeah, I don't know anything about Seattle. That's true. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland's 2-1, and one, so he could actually prove to be a tough team for him. 2-1 yeah. and one well, since he's taken. If you're looking at the, the schedules they've got, uh, Vikings plays Cowboys, solid team, and then Panthers, Germ. Nice right, play germ. Afeto's really and, good too. And then Afeto back to back to back in just a few weeks. Yeah, flap German Afeto three weeks. Yeah. That's I, I I think I think I'm gonna take an L somewhere in there. I, I would disagree, Joe. I think I'm gonna lose first just because of my schedule. Like that's yeah, that's yeah. brutal. I, I don't know. I've got. But, I've got I also just need to get an L out of the way because if you go undefeated in the seasons, you're not you're not winning the Super Bowl. It just never happens. No, it never happens. You end up so. getting upset because well, everybody knows you know, how good you are. <clears throat> To, to not just go straight to the negatives, Joe, and see when the first one's going to lose. Let's go straight to the coach himself, the one that joined us, our undefeated coach, Mr. Gorilla. Uh, what do you go. think has gotten you to this point, coach? You've had a great season so far. Um, I feel like everyone in here knows exactly what has gotten me to this point. Uh, it's a, boy uh, middle linebackers. Dalvin well, Cook. no, 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 no. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is – Yeah. He's kind of broken. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh the the 95 change of direction is uh, a little op, but besides that, I mean, everyone knows I'm running the ball. You like you know yeah. I'm giving it to him 20 to 25 times a game. Um, it just depends if you could stop that or not. No one has so far, so we'll see if someone does in the future. Yeah, is he still sitting at an 85 injury? 86 now. He was 84. Now he's 86 because oh. of the bye week. So like by season oh. like five maybe he'll be indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, <laughs> I think the mad algorithm for injuries has pretty much made all skill players indestru- indestructible so far. So we'll see. Like it's, like it. it's heavy and, on the line position. And all the yeah. – so I'm more crossing my fingers all of your O-line go down. Hey, the bigger uh, they are, the harder they fall. So, Dude, I'm amazed. So we should make more definitely. injuries happen? <laughs> oh, please no. <laughs> yeah, turn our sliders up. <laughs> Please, if no. you if you want to talk about an O line that's overperforming, it's the Vikings O line. Have you seen them? Absolutely, like, absolutely, yeah. they're trash. They, Although, they're no, they're notably garbage. though, I had Brian O'Neill go down in my last game when I was trying to uh, like run the clock out, and he's out for six weeks. I was gonna say I'm Daddy Leak shows he's injured. That's rough. He's <clears> your one like truly good lineman. Yeah, well, besides Bradbury, Bradbury, Bradbury's pretty oh, yeah. good. At 25 years old too. I mean. Those are my Pretty two solid. good guys, and one of them is out now for almost the rest of the season. So we'll see. Yeah. So to follow up with uh, another question for our undefeated coach, which out of these three teams you've got coming up 
I like Nacho as the Lions. He's a good coach. I've actually really liked the way he played when I played him, but he doesn't have the squad to beat you right now. Who's the Bears owner? Smithy. Uh, <laughs> Enough said. No. <laughs> uh, oh, no. no. Sorry, Smithy. Sorry, <laughs> actually, you've done some nice things, but you should have traded me Cordero Patterson. Uh, I would, I, and I would be more pleased with you. Anyways, Cowboys, Panthers, or Jaguars, which team do you think uh, uh, is the worst matchup for you and has the best chance to upset? Oh, honestly, undefeated. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jags. Um, I think Afedo plays better defense than anyone in the league. Um, if you look at the scores of all, like the issue is that he can't score. It seems like right now, but if you look at the scores of all his games, it's like six three or like ten seven or something like that, and uh, it's a little worrisome. I mean, I know for a fact he is going to hold Dalvin Cook for to like under four yards a carry, and he's going to force me to pass the ball, and he's, I'm not good at that. So he's got we'll the fifth ranked defense right now at eighty point eight yards per game. But it's just the third-ranked scoring defense at 16 points. Damn. Jeez. He's top 10 in every defensive category. Actually, top six in every defensive top category. Shit. Yeah. yeah. And he's doing it with uh, with not that a great shit defense. defense. Yeah. A yeah. so. defense that's not good. He did he's, make some good moves. Yeah, he spent a lot of money on, on those free agents. Yeah, he really made use of his free agency uh, cap room there because he filled in a lot of guys who are going to be like starters on his team yeah. for – a lot of seasons, so helps when you don't have dead calf Nick Foles. That's <laughs> the shade. <laughs> you can spend well, uh, some extra money. If you want to tie this in to our preseason predictions, it was your boy who said Ofeta was going to run the division. Mm-hmm. So that is mm-hmm. true. I mean, you did say he was going to go undefeated. Right so in the division. Hey, hey, hey! hey. The, I, I, I heard a lot of people in here. A few of you fuckers <laughs> said uh, Papa was going to win my division. We had a lot of faith. Like my possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm too. I, I beat him. I beat him both games, though. I beat him both games. It's over. You're his only loss so far. I'm his only two losses. You're yeah. you're, you're his Velasco. So, that, I mean, was <laughs> that was me. That was me. And you do have three man. hard games coming up. So if you lose two of the three, I mean, he has a chance. He has. Gorilla's got to lose three games for. Papa to be back in this because yeah he would have to lose. I, I got, I got, yeah, it's true because he'd take the tie. Yeah, he's not going right. to lose. Well, I mean, Buccaneers have a team that could challenge, but I don't think they have the coach. He plays the Bears again. Eh. Yeah, I got Bears he's twice, the and Lions twice, the Lions twice. I do like that Lions coach, so I think he's a solid player. Mm-hmm. I've never still, played him. Yeah, just don't he, think he just has, has to the, build that team a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have the players. Yeah, it's a rough roster for sure. If. If I can go like 160 yards with JT against Smithy, I don't think he'll be able to stop Dalvin no. Cook. No. So yeah. Happen, so that's a pretty rough game. Uh, I thought the Cowboys would be a worse matchup for you just because your corners are god awful. And he's got a receiver that will light you up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If he's on his game passing, he could make it a nightmare for you. But yeah, you just absolutely. have to watch for your user. Flap is very good at making you work the ball down the field. He, uh, I'm not sure if he called. A single man coverage against me. He he did call a couple, but he's always playing uh, soft on the on the cornerback. So he's not going to let you beat him deep. Um, and so you will have to work the ball down the field. And he, I wasn't able to run the ball very great against him. So uh, and he definitely knows how to use his wide receivers. And 
Uh, and I've got a pretty, I've got a decent secondary, mm-hmm. fast s- safeties, and two decent cornerbacks, and he was still able to do pretty much whatever he wanted on offense. It was very frustrating. Yeah. But that should be a good game because he's got skill all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I'll, of course I had to pick one, but all three of these games are going to be pretty interesting. So, yeah, I mean, you could argue any one of them. Well, uh, do we want to move into how not to throw picks? I think we should save predictions for our, our last segment. <laughs> the last one thing you do. Yeah, I want to say something about the undefeated teams real quick. So an interesting kind of stat with each of the two teams, if we're talking about the Vikings and the Eagles, is that the Vikings are third in rushing um, yards per game, or technically first, I guess, but they are 30th in passing yards. And that's the complete opposite of actually how the Eagles are, because the Eagles are 27th in rushing yards per game, but fifth in passing yards. So they're polar opposites in the way they play. So I think it's going to come down to probably the rushing team usually ends up winning in those scenarios because if you can control the clock you're going to win the game just because you can put up points but if you can't run the ball you're going to be in trouble in the playoffs and also uh i don't know how to interpret daddy leagues because it says that feto is fifth in rushing defense at 80.8 yards a game and our mr gorilla is third in rushing yards per uh, game at 86.7 so uh I'm, uh daddy leagues I'm, being daddy leagues again and I'm fourth at 78, so <laughs> 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 he jumps two of us with the worst score. Yeah, huh. but Gorilla's defense has definitely still been up there, regardless. It has for first, sure first and and third and three. Even without three. that linebacker cheese, <laughs> you've got a stud defensive. Great. Other than your DBs, yeah, my my DB uh, uh, Abram will be nice hopefully in the future, but we'll see. Down the road, nasty defense. Yeah, we should talk about that trade. <laughs> we'll get your trades today. Trades are on the list. All right. So. All right. What are we? What are we going into? How not to how throw not an to interception? Throw because it, that seems to be a common occurrence for over fifty percent of the teams in this league right yeah. now. Everybody likes this, to throw. This could go with hidden stats too. Yeah, it we could. Put these together. Could. Yeah, I know. Just, as of week. Eight, I believe there was over 300 interceptions between all the coaches. Holy oh my God. shit. Oh, yes. It is quite the epidemic at the moment. <laughs> Especially with, I want to say, the Giants, Danny Jones. Giants have 37 the picks this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Can we regress into, like, slow, slow down? Say, don't chase a dev story. That yeah, too. I would that agree. Too. Uh, so that's big because I started. Jared just dropped the mic. Oh, never mind. He's back. <laughs> I got something to show up. I started that with the Ravens. Hi. Trying to feed Pittman, and I threw two picks early to his TVs, and I had to shut that down real fast. Jared's gonna yeah, mute himself. Do you think uh, we should maybe talk about uh, the number two interception leader on this list? You're right out there, Joe Burrow. Jared, Jared, get the hell out of here, man. Carry this. Oh, you want me to go do it? Oh, yeah. There's a self serve out there. This guy. Can we kick him? He's coming back. Look at the little one. Special guest. Someone that can throw less picks than he can. Got all his best qualities. We've got a couple of high NT leaders in this. Jesus. uh, 
in this uh, podcast, uh, Mr. Joe and Mr. Mahomes, what would you like to say for yourself? Listen, 17 <laughs> interceptions, but you have to keep in mind that the first two weeks is when I threw my 11. I was still getting used to the team. I've only thrown six since, so I've straightened up. And that's I went like. speed was all that mattered. Well, yeah, but and that's what happened when I played Johnny and Germ. I thought speed mattered, and I thought I could just beat them deep almost every play because they like to play press. And uh, if you time it up right, if, if it is still speed can dominate. Isabella has plus if Isabella has plus three speed on somebody, and there's not a safety help over the top. You can bet your ass I'm lofting that ball way downfield, and he wins it. <laughs> Like fifty percent of the time, and that's just with a with a plus three speed advantage. So speed definitely still can kill. That's why I was like, go ahead, adjust the speed threshold if you want to. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not going to prevent that, but I'm telling you, it's fine. It's fine where it is. It's it's oh, not yeah. as bad as pass bands. But we also got Mr. Josh Allen in this in this podcast. So yeah, to be but fair, most of that was of his from... interceptions were Sam Wow. Yeah. Yes. Ah. Yes, he is. That's true. He just got traded to you. Yeah. yeah. Just picked him up. I, I picked him up knowing that he's going to be forever normal this year because of his interceptions. <laughs> but <laughs> I've only thrown like four with him, I think, in my last five, six games. I'm pretty middle also, of the road. I also only have like 50 pass attempts with him. <laughs> From what I'm seeing, I'm pretty middle of the road. Uh, I haven't had a great year with Kyler, but he's starting to. The last couple games is when he's starting to pick up uh, a little bit of development underneath him, and I've finally had some 300 plus yard passing games, which is more what I'm used to, honestly. 12 and 11 touchdown to INT. He hasn't done a whole lot, surprisingly enough. Um, just been winning games. You got to do what you got to do to win games, folks. That's all that matters. You got to do what you got to do to win. Get that W. Eat the fucking dub. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what ate me against Gorilla. Was that was the one bad game I played with interceptions? I threw three, I think, against you. Let's let's see. We've got Kaepernick. You're pretty low on the interception there, sitting at number twenty six in the league with just eight. What's the secret, John boy? What's yeah. the secret? Oh, okay. Um, I got a couple little notes on this. <laughs> My main thing is take what the opponents give you. Um, I don't want to force anything, because if you force stuff, then that is exactly how you throw interceptions. I play very similar to the Gorilla plays. I like to utilize the run more, so that's why me, the, I'm pretty sure the Vikings and the Jets are quite low on interceptions that they've thrown, but. I don't trust his arm all that much, so I'm not going to try to, like, rip these deep balls. I mean, I think that's a benefit of not having a guy like Josh Allen or Mahomes or somebody who can, like, rip it down the field because I don't think he can actually make most of these passes, so I'll take a lot of short things that they give me. And the other thing, um, know where the user is on the opposing team. If you know that he's going to be a middle linebacker user, look him off. See who he goes to immediately when the routes start and throw away from him. You don't want to force it in the area of where the user is. If you know that they're a middle linebacker, wait and see who he follows. Maybe if they're using a safety, see if they fall down with their safety, open up something deep over top. And um, last thing I'd say is uh, just don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. That's one of the main things I was telling Darth. Just don't overthink your passes because if you overthink it, you're going to probably miss a lot of open passes that you have. You just got to sling it sometimes, which can lead to interceptions, but you just got to do what you got to do sometimes to shorten those numbers and keep possession because if you keep possession, you win the game. An interesting note is that the three of us in here with the least interceptions just out of the six of us in here, um, Gorilla has the fewest pass attempts at 121. I have the second fewest pass attempts at 157, and Johnny with 
just 166. That's number 28. <laughs> that's number 28, uh, 30th, and 32nd in the league. Um, yeah. And and so and only Mitch Mitch Trubisky is lower than that with 100. But, but why is he even playing? Oh, that, was, that was before that was before Smithy traded him. Yeah. So I'm actually very surprised looking at these stats at how few I've had a little I've actually passed the ball. Um, I know that uh, I'm not surprised that my touchdown numbers are low because I've had like eight touchdowns, like deep ball touchdown passes where my wide receiver gets caught at the one yard line. And so I think uh, Drake is actually leading the league in touchdown runs because he had four in one game. All were like one yard rush rushes. Damn. Yeah, he's he's been uh, I've because I've gotten away from trying to throw the ball in the one yard line because that Ravens power eye set is like unstoppable for a yard. It, it's insane. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I almost feel like I should, like, eh, maybe they shouldn't even be allowed. It's too easy to get one yard. But everyone seems to be getting in uh, on the goal line this year. I think it has partly to do with the reach-out animation. (laughs) (laughs) Our special guest jumped in the can there. I I think some of this is going with, like, hidden stats here. Because, to me, catching traffic this year is way bigger than it has been in the past because the coverage is so tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the top receivers, like yeah, there's a couple burners on there, um, but most of them all have ridiculous catch in traffic because almost every catch is contested now. Even if you're throwing yep. at the the semi open guy, they they don't usually have a lot of time to catch that and run. It's the DBs are getting there pretty quick. Yeah. So that's my like hidden stat. If I had to pick up speed over catch like, or catch in traffic, I'd go with catch in traffic. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, definitely how Germ got me. He um. Yeah. He was throwing a lot of out routes, and my DBs were getting there every play. It was just he was getting really good catch animations because his players had good catch and traffic and good awareness stats. I mean, it's, it, go ahead. I say that's my leading receiver. He's he doesn't have great other stats. He's slow, but he's got 87 catch and traffic, and that's why he's able to win those those short routes that I like to throw because I don't trust myself to throw deep. Yeah, it is interesting that if you go by the leaders of receptions, uh, there's not any real speed guys on there. Uh, none in the top 10. And let's see, the fastest wide receiver comes in at 14. I'd say that's Paris Campbell with only 35 receptions. Smithy has been feeding the hell out of Cordero Patterson. Yeah, mm-hmm. feeding the hell out of him. 57 catches, uh, 10 more than Michael Thomas, who's second on the list. Um, but usually you see a lot of speedsters with that, not just because they can beat them deep, but they people love to run those little drag routes with the speedsters and get some easy receptions. Uh, well, this year I seem to be noticing more like fifty-seven catches. By the way, no touchdowns for Cordell Patterson. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> no, I'm definitely What's seeing more uh, four reception, four touchdown games for speedsters. You know, it's all long balls, but it's very, very low receptions because. The only time that their speedy guys are getting open is when they're beating one-on-one coverage deep. Yeah, Tyreek is the leader in touchdowns with 15 through what, eight games? <laughs> don't tell people my secrets. There's everyone knows. I don't That's think Tyreek's a secret. Everyone everyone not a secret anymore. What's he a secret? Real... <laughs> he was never a secret, Joe. No, he wasn't. <laughs> See, I think there's two things that feed into this. Is One, it's playing more like the real NFL because... Most all NFL teams have a speed guy to take the top off, but that's not their primary guy. Mm-hmm. Like you're, mm-hmm. They're there to make the defense respect it, and if you don't pay attention to it, we're going to burn you. 
-hmm. but mostly it's to keep those safeties a step back from the main receiver that can catch the ball over the middle. Or yeah, there, there's not many sp speedster guys who can run the full route tree. Like the only exception that, that comes to mind is literally Tyree Kill. Like he's a complete receiver in real life. Like he can do everything, but not many of those guys are, are like that. So yeah, it's just what it is. 15 then, touchdowns on 31 receptions. I think that not seeing the speed guys in the, the reception leaders is some of that angle fix. So, yeah, you want to throw your drag routes to the speed guys, but the pursuit angles are a lot better in this Madden than they were the last Madden, so those aren't going for touchdowns as much as they used to. So people mm -hmm. aren't throwing them as much as they used to, at least to me. I'd agree with that. You're not like housing... Still, there's, they're still throwing them, but they're getting stopped for six yards like they should. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to the CPU people just taking horrible angles and you running past them. Exactly. And the, the interesting thing, if you're looking at all the top receivers in yards, is almost all of them are extremely successful or highly rated route runners, which even if like the speed obviously helps, but that ability to run a route so crisp and to trust your receiver to get to the spot the way they're supposed to is helping a lot. I mean, Tyree Kill can run a route well. Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, Deontay Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs. Will Fuller has high route running stats. I mean, Chris Godwin. These guys are locked in receivers in real life, and that's why you see actual numbers coming out of them in this game. The only guy that's kind of weird up there is Marquise Goodwin. He's that's got, just Seymour. That's yeah. just Seymour being a cheese ball. He's got speed like Harden does. We should segue into those trades. Yeah, for that's sure. That spicy trade talk. Yeah, I actually haven't taken... You want to talk about any leading running backs at all? Dalvin Cook, Cook actually seems to be the only guy with, like a, with a substantial amount of runs that has a ridiculous... Uh, average i mean mine just... would be a lot higher except i have two sim games of 19 carries for 36 yards happened twice <laughs> <laughs> like 1.9 yard average kills you a bit there yeah, yeah for brutal. sure especially on a force win you figure you'd have better stats uh, with running backs with 100 carries davin cook leads 7.5 yards per carry uh nick chubb has 6.8 Le'Veon bell with 6.7 Kevin Coleman has 93 carries. That's enough, in my opinion, for 6.6 yards. Uh, most are killing it. Mr. Tom, who doesn't get the run blocking he wishes, 6.4 yards per carry. Eckler with 6.4 yards per carry. Uh, Todd Gurley, 6 yards per carry. Still some some studs, but, I mean, how many over 10 yards per carry did we had in the last Madden? So that's, a ton. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. much better. The running is a lot more balanced here. Yeah. It's a lot like seven, seven point five is still pretty unrealistic, obviously. But I mean, it's a lot better than than last year, like we said, because mm -hmm. it would be like nine or ten last year with mm -hmm. those elite running backs. Actually, even with the non-elite running backs, you could like Matt Breida, like last year, I'm pretty sure was averaging like close to nine yards per carry for me. But I think some of that is people figuring out defense to play this Madden. You can't run a nickel and stop the run. It's nope. not going to happen. No. Lots in of people the, like to try run nickel. Yeah, in the in the touchdown category, Zeke and Cook lead the way with twelve. Le'Veon has eleven. Montgomery, Chubb, Drake, Geis, Caffrey, and, Ger and uh, McCaffrey is they all have ten. But Kenyon has only sixty-seven carries. <laughs> 
compared to everyone else everyone else having having at least 102 in that that list how many touchdowns does drake have 10 wow so he's getting a touchdown like almost every seven carries yeah it's all on the goal (laughs) line mostly he's actually doing well he's got 6.7 yards per carry maybe i should run the ball more with him i just want to split him up he gets hurt too easily yeah he's got that same like injury as like cook but i've just been rolling the dice all right, where are we where are we rolling this into? We want to roll this into. The trades is what we were. Yeah, yeah, trades back. is next. Let's talk Let's about some Let's of the trade. bigger trades that's happened. Yeah, there's been a few big ones. So. I would definitely say one of the bigger trades that I've. Hurts. Yeah, hurts and hurts. Yeah, it's gotta be hurts and hurts. Hurts and hurts. Hurts and hurts. Right now, Jalen Hurts is ninth in the league in passing yards. And Zach Ertz is currently 13th in receptions with 36 for 587 yards and eight touchdowns. So Germ definitely got a lot of use out of that trade from Seymour. Absolutely. But Germ not having a first or second rounder in a year where he actually is going to need to build some help in that team it might be a little rough for him. That's gonna I mean, hurt. He he does have a lot of young pieces. Like his D line, he's got like three like twenty two year olds on that D line, um, and obviously he's got some younger guys in the secondary. But yeah, I mean, not having a first or a second, especially like season like if after the first draft, because like these are guys that will develop into like ninety plus overall players if you use them, is pretty uh, essential. I also wanted to highlight that Seymour didn't want my second for Hertz, but accepted. Germ second for Hertz. I just wanted to put that out there. It might turn out to be a good, a good swap. I know, but when you look at it initially, though, and you take germs over mine, <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> Another big trade that I thought was interesting uh, was the Packers trading Jordan Love for 2021 first, 2022 second, and Mitch Trubisky. Now, yeah, Smitty had to make a move big time for a quarterback. I, I like the move, actually. I'm indifferent about it. I think Papa must have done some simulations or something of some seasons and seen that Rodgers maybe doesn't regress as much. Because coming into this Madden, my idea if I got the Packers was one season with Rodgers and then probably all out with love for the future of, of, the, of the game. Because uh, I'm not sure Rogers regressed way too hard in the last Madden. He was trash come year two. Really, he was all over the place. Still really ran, good because of the release, but he was all over the place. I ran some sims because I wanted love. Because uh, obviously I needed a quarterback for the future because the Colts had fucking rivers. Uh, <laughs> and Rogers is still over 80 overall. I think after three seasons. Yeah. So that's definitely and, better. And his, and his contract is rough to get rid of before that. So. That's true. Ride him for three years and then, then rebuild. I'm just hoping Rogers dies for my sake, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think what it comes down to a lot of these um, the quarterback trades that we saw, most of them were after we found out that the upcoming quarterback draft class is not anything special, and a lot of these teams that were in dire need of a quarterback um, just had to make a move for a young guy. I know uh, Josh was was deeply in need of a quarterback, especially with getting um, out of this whole Rivers contract situation. And he made a big move for Josh Allen, which is another one of the trades that I wanted to talk about. Josh Allen's a big-time player, and he has a huge arm. If you can get his accuracy up a little bit, he's going to be a stud. You're never going to have to worry about him because he has mobility. And 
the guy can can honestly throw with the best of them. So I'd definitely put the Josh Allen trade up there with some of the best ones, in my opinion. Especially because you didn't even give up a first. Yeah, no first given up, and you still snag Josh Allen, which is big time. Another big Josh. one is uh, Dak Josh. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to comment on the Josh Allen trade. I think Josh Allen is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Uh, in real life, too, although he's finally yeah. started to get some recognition. Uh, but maybe it's because Sam Wilde's been throwing so many INTs with him the last few years, but, and he's been so quick to get rid of him uh, for some old, washed-up loser QBs <laughs> back-to-back years. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> but Josh Allen probably should be a superstar in the game, and he he has the arm that you you can't you can't just make another guy have that type of arm strength. No way. He has a mobility that you can't just you know throw on any quarterback. There's not a lot of quarterbacks. Although supposedly the quarterbacks in this Madden drafts are coming out with ridiculous speed, but he's mobile enough um, to do to get outside the pocket and make plays that way. Uh, all you have to do is just take your lumps with him and just deal with a couple inaccurate throws starting out and then work him up. But you can get him to a 90 overall plus QB uh, by the end of a five-year CFM, five-plus-year CFM. For sure. And then be sitting pretty. The biggest slap in the face to him from Madden was the fact that he's normal. I don't think his ratings are that far off. He's normal? normal, Yeah, he's normal, Yeah, yeah, he should should have been at least star. It says in the trade he's a star. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, it was That's it was bad. miscommunication on the trade. It was because the two quarterbacks that got demoted um, right before our league started was Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. Both got moved down from star to normal, which kind of is surprising, especially because, in my opinion, both those quarterbacks are excelling numbers-wise compared to Baker, who's star. Yeah. And, no. I, I, I mean, like, you see Darnold go out there every single week with the Jets, and... He's doing some amazing – I mean, that run last Thursday, I mean, he, the guy's all over the place, and he's trying to make the best of what he has out there, yet they demoted him to normal. And yeah, Josh Allen, who – I mean, I, I would have considered Josh Allen a superstar-level player. I mean, the guy trucks people, jumps over top of them, like has is one of the top quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns just every single season that he's been the starting quarterback. And, I mean, he's led the Bills to the playoffs, so – the fact that they demoted him to normal and not Baker is a little questionable to me. What hey, Josh Allen did Cam last year without, yeah, I say what Josh Allen did without receivers last year was pretty impressive because you have to think like his stats looked good last year. Who was he throwing to? Yeah, John Brown. Yeah, Cole Beasley. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's looked at his stats this year since they added. Oh, he's, he's MVP. Amazing. This he's year. MVP he's caliber player. Yeah, yeah. Fortunate. Ten to one interception to touchdown ratio. A seventy percent completion percentage, like he's. Yeah, that's the big one. I I did not expect from Josh Allen. This is seventy percent completion percentage. That's amazing. It's like uh, in real that, life. That has to be one of the biggest slaps in the face uh, of the Madden ratings to me. Is Josh Allen being normal? For sure. Yeah, and and of course, Minshew not being an X factor is disgraceful, right, Jarrett? <laughs> <laughs> I bet Josh Allen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Minshew definitely needs to get it. He'll get it eventually. A federal will get him there. He'll be damn good by the end of this Madden. Like EA will adjust their ratings, and he'll be one of the highest risers for sure. And I think absolutely, uh, he'll be able to get uh, Josh will be able to get him pretty damn pretty damn good in the CFM too. And we want to move on to uh, the big right. Dak Prescott for Baker Mayfield trade trade I did oh, not expect. That is another big trade. Interesting. I'm the trade looks a little bit different now because the the owner of the Browns that made that trade is no longer in the league. But I mean it. 
speaking on the side of the Cowboys and what Flap had to do, I think he made a good move. Um, he knew he had to get rid of one of his star players that was going to have to get paid money. And in the situation with Dak, he was going to ask for the most money out of anybody. So getting a guy like Baker currently and then picking up a pick as well uh, and getting rid of Dak when you probably were going to lose him anyway, I think it's a big move. Now, the real question regarding that situation is I'm pretty sure Baker is close to his fifth-year option or he's going to need a contract quite soon. So is the move made just so he can maybe trade Baker at a later time? Does he actually believe in Baker? A lot of these questions came up to me when the trade was made, but, I mean, it's not bad value for Dak. Yeah, I do want to point out that Dak is currently fifth in the league in passing, and Baker's eighth in the league in passing. So both teams definitely benefited off of that trade in a positive way. I think he has Baker for two years, if I remember yeah, he does. So he's got one. He's, is this the last year, and then he has a fifth-year option that he's going to have to look oh, into? Yeah. I, don't, I think he still says he's under contract for two years. No, he's two years contract, then he can do a fifth-year option if he yeah. wants. Okay, then it's not a bad move at all, then. Yep. It's, yeah. So he's got I two mean, years to decide if he's worth it. I, I personally, I think he should have. Uh, it depends. I mean, if he can develop Baker into a superstar, he instantly wins the trade. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if he's on pace for that right now, but um, if, uh, like, from my point of view, I would keep Dak and let someone like um, Michael Gallup, Gallup go. Yeah. I mean, you have two superstar. You have one X factor, and then C.D. Lamb is a superstar. I don't see the need for all that depth at receiver. And you, maybe you could let one of those corners go, like Jordan Lewis, and you could pay Dak. But, I mean, that's just what I would do in that scenario. But, I mean, if he obviously develops Baker Mayfield into a superstar and Flap's capable of doing that, then obviously for him, I guess it's it's a win. It just depends on what happens. I'm all for that. Guys, I think we should probably move this into some of these predictions um, regarding postseason Super Bowl, and we can maybe knock out a few awards that we think might happen, and then we can call it for the end of the podcast. So if anybody's got some ideas for the playoffs and what they think it's going to end up as, I mean, you can just rattle off your top seeds, other teams that you think is going to make the playoffs. Let's go around the horn with it. Yeah, man. Just whoever's up, um, knock out who you think is going to be for the AFC, NFC, and then your Super Bowl prediction. The a- I'll go ahead and start. The AFC is in an interesting situation because who knows how the Cleveland Browns are going to continue to play with an with a, what, an owner who's played two weeks, one week? Yep. He's played two um, weeks. He's won them both. I think with him switching owners um, just from a lack of, you know, of, of actual – content on the guy or whatever you know watching him play i think uh has got to be the favorite to come out of that uh conference um i'm honestly surprised that johnny's got the jets so high up there <laughs> yeah. i just don't like the team i don't yeah. i think that t- i thought that team was a couple of years away from or at least one season yeah. away or a couple of big trades away from really being able to compete um our guy josh playing pretty damn good with the colts working that running game um, and who's going to be the team that makes it out of the AFC West? I think that is the most interesting division race uh, because Kansas City and Denver right now sitting at five and three and five and four, five and four the Chiefs, five and three Broncos. Um, that'll be interesting. Um, 
of course, the Chiefs make the playoffs as a wild card. Um, or actually, whoever whoever wins out of those two teams is actually going to uh, be above a wild card because you got Indianapolis and Jacksonville from the same division. Um, that Kansas City would be a dangerous team, even though it's Joe. <laughs> that team is dangerous. That team is true. Dangerous. Yeah. Uh, my favorite to come out of that um, is Atheto right now, and uh, mm-hmm. give it another year or two with Josh G and Miami. He'll have that squad competing yep. up there for sure. And you know, Ozzy or Quasi looked like he was going to be competing. He's kind of fallen off recently, facing some better opponents. Uh, over to the NFC. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> NF- NFC is going to be a dogfight for sure. You have the Eagles, Vikings, Panthers, Cardinals. Great roster and a coach who's, you know, when he first joined uh, last year in uh, 19, I didn't think much of Papa, but he's shown that he actually knows how to play this game pretty damn well um, with his only two losses coming to an undefeated team. Uh, and he's got a great roster with the Packers. Um, and so that who who knows that's a top five teams right there, and a wild card team will be either Seattle, Cowboys, and you know depending on how uh, Haskins develops, he could Tipo could sneak in there. He's having trouble throwing that ball though with him. Um, so that'll be a dangerous wild card team, Packers and either Seattle or the Cowboys. In my opinion, those those are the two teams that most look like they'll steal the sixth spot. Um, I don't think. And that's just going to be a crazy playoffs for the NFC. I mean, any one of those six teams could really come out of it. Um, my pick to come out of it, would you guess anything different? It's going to be the Cardinals, baby. There you go. That's the confidence the, I want to hear. That's, gonna, a fair, that's a fair prediction. It's going to be the Cardinals, yep. baby. Cardinals over the Jags in the Super Bowl. Let's do it. Right. I don't know if I can pick Super Bowl, but I can pick. I'd pick NFC or NFC and AFC championship game. I don't know if I could pick winners in that though. <laughs> well, who's up? Someone go for it. Let's Somebody, whoever. Players. You, you pretty much said exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, my only change is I think it's going to be a Fedo and Johnny in the AFC championship, and then my picks are Gorilla and Germ because I think Germ can handle Seymour, and I think Gorilla's defense will be too much for. Django's offense. Yeah, that sounds about right. It all depends on the seating, I guess you could say, for yeah, who winds yeah. up in the I championship. Think yeah. if I think it's going to be very matchup-based. Like some, some coaches will have a better, easier time against other coaches. I think I, it's literally going to come down to that. If if German Django go to, against each other, it's a whole different ballgame, because I, I still think Gorilla's defense can handle Seymour, because he's too one-dimensional. Yeah. For sure. That'll be my pick there, so Yeah, I definitely see Johnny and Afeto going for it in the AFC championship. Yeah. And then I you know, it really depends on the seating of the NFC. The NFC is such yeah. a toss up right now, it's not even funny. It depends on which powerhouses run into which powerhouses first and those matchups will determine a lot. Yeah. yeah, a lot of it comes down to who this because now that we have seven playoff teams instead of six, it's the only team that gets a buy is the number one seed. So everybody's fighting for that one seed right now. And if you can get that, yeah. great. But I actually think that it's going to be a lot tougher for a two seed now because they're going to have to play a game right off the bat. And who knows, even though you might be playing the worst ranked team, if a team like Washington sneaks in there, 
Washington has one of the top defenses in the league. That defensive line is no joke to play around with. They have speed at linebacker. They have they have Landon Collins is a big time hitter. You got Fuller out there on corner. I mean, that's a defense. If Tepo can get it together with Haskins, I mean, that is not a team I would want to play in the first round by any means. I mean, even if he can't get it together this season, that D line by like year two, year three, with yeah, Chase Young, really Sweat, they're yeah. going to be disgusting. Exactly. I'll, let me run through my uh, predictions. So I got currently looking right now. Cleveland's hard to predict, like Django is saying, because again, new user. I feel the same way about Seattle right now. Um, so again, new user. Don't really know all that much about him yet. But I'm my one seed in the AFC is Jacksonville, purely off the defense. I mean, I think that there's going to be a game or two in the, over the rest of the season that Feto's going to struggle with because that team is not built right now for a championship, in my opinion, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I have Jacksonville, two seeds Cleveland, three seed the Jets, four seed I got winning the the West. I got Joe and the Chiefs. Purely um, off that, I got five seed Colts, six seed Quasi. I got um, sneaking into the playoffs. He's got a hell of a quarterback, and... That's nothing to mess around with. If he can uh, minimize those turnovers, he'll be fine. And then the last seed I got sneaking in there is Miami and Josh. I think he's actually a significantly better player than he's played so far. I think he's got a pretty rough team to build around. And if I'm not quite sure if he's had any injuries, but if you have any injuries on that team, it's not a super deep roster. So you're trying to build a lot around that. And he's still trying to figure out exactly how to use Tua, left-handed quarterback, all that stuff. Um, I do have Jacksonville coming out of the AFC. Um, in the NFC, uh, Minnesota, Philly, Arizona, and Carolina, I have all winning their divisions. Green Bay, like Django said, um, Green Bay is a great damn roster i mean that is team is no joke i i don't really understand how you could even stop a guy like Devonte adams it's probably like this situation with um tyree kill you kind of just have to expect that they're going to score and then build around making sure that the other guys don't beat you um and then the last two seeds i have making in the nfc would be washington like i said one of those teams that i think can really get themselves together before the end of the season as well as uh dallas and i that's another team I would not want to play. Flaps, no joke. And if you got to play him in the first round, it's not going to be a good time. I mean, that's a great offensive line. Stud running back. Studly wide receivers. Good, speedy defense. I mean, I wouldn't want to mess with it. But I'm not going to believe it until I see it. So I got I got Minnesota moving on in that area. you got to be able to stop Dalvin Cook. And I just haven't seen a team do it yet. So uh, I got Minnesota over... Jacksonville. Johnny, I think you chose seven teams for each side. Yeah, there's seven teams there, in the there playoffs. Are, there's, there's seven teams now. Seven teams in the playoffs now. But that's gonna that's carry, carrying over to Madden? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was just yeah, for this year. Why wouldn't it? That's just for no. this year, is it not? It's real. If it's carrying over to Madden. Real. That's, that's, is that just yeah. for this one season, or is that like... No, that's permanent. Every season. Yeah, that was a permanent move. Yeah. Permanent. That was, this was well before COVID even started. Yeah, that's why the only the one seed gets a buy instead of the one and two. Yeah, oh, I one guess seed I is pretty damn valuable now. Well, the teams that I mentioned that were competing for a spot, eh, they're just toss-ups. Moving on. Who's got their next playoffs? I guess I don't mind going. Um, it's so tough because, like, all the teams that you guys listed, I, 
uh, it's pretty unanimous of who we think is going to sneak into those wild card spots. Like you got in the AFC, you got like Miami, Houston, NFC. You got guys like Washington, Dallas. Um, but the main toss up, I guess, is just talking about the championship games. In the AFC, I, yeah, I don't see a way in which it's not the Jets and uh, and Jags. Like I just. I don't see another team besides, unless the Browns owner is as good as Shehane, I don't see anyone beating those two guys. Um, I see uh, in the NFC, I know, fuck, it's so tough. I I personally have Django winning the NFC over me or Seymour. Um, I just think his roster at this point, I haven't played him yet, so I wouldn't know exactly, but his roster at this point, I don't know how I would stop it on offense. Yeah, look at that. He's flexing now. <laughs> <laughs> I gave your defense my faith there. Really? Well, he, the thing is, he's got he's got so much more firepower on offense and on defense. I, I, maybe not on defense, but he's got some young studs. Like, Isaiah Simmons is... If he gets getting speed upgrades, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. Well, the problem with for me versus a team like yours is my run defense isn't really there, but just because... I mean, it's not technically bad, but it's not that great either. It's very frustrating playing like the 49ers and just such a great line, just pushing everybody out of the way. So that would be an interesting matchup for sure. If you can stop the run, you win in that matchup. So, I mean, that's what it would come down to, basically. Been having to sell out to stop any run. It's annoying. But yeah, I got I got Django in the Super Bowl over uh, Fedo. We all just have a Fedo going and losing. That's kind of sad. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I hope he proves us wrong. I mean, I think it'll be a great game either way. I just don't think his roster is built to win it yet. No, not yet. Daddy League says I have the first ranked run defense at seventy-seven point seven yards per carry. Yards seventy-seven per yards per carry. Per game. <laughs> per game. 77 <laughs> yards. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I run yeah, defense. Yeah, it's misleading because there's, there's a lot of games that haven't been played yet, so it doesn't account for those yet. No, I do want to point out real quick, the Daddy League shows their little ease of schedule, and a lot of it kind of points in the general right direction. Um, I do want to point out that it does have the Eagles listed as the second easiest schedule this year with the Chiefs being number one by a mile. So keep that <laughs> keep that thought in there when you're picking your playoff picks too. Like I'm expecting to make the playoffs and lose in the one first or second round. You know? I might get a lucky win in there at the end. I might not. Yeah, if you look at the but, Eagles schedule and yeah. just I take your own football knowledge into consideration, there's no way they have a top schedule as far as the easiest they've got the nfc west for one thing um they've got the steelers they've got the ravens uh they've got the cowboys uh well of course they've got the cowboys and, and the, the, they've got for for madden that's a tough matchup uh, the browns uh there's really not much the saints later in the year like they don't yeah, have I, don't, that I would, easy I would consider that an easy schedule. I would think I mean, a lot of it has to deal with the timing of these games. I mean, playing against Tipo in his first game of trying to figure out Haskins, going in, I mean, having to play the 49ers who have a great team against the Ravens who have a great team, the Steelers who have a great team in the game. It's just a, a lot of it comes down to like the user you're playing against, how well you match up against those guys. And all those teams that he played against have a high level of turnovers. 
So if he's not turning the ball over, he's going to win the game, and that's the way that Seymour plays is it's a style. So it does. Strength of schedule in the first season is kind of tough to gauge because we don't know a lot of these guys, and you got to see exactly how they're going to play. So like right off the bat, I would have considered the Eagles to have one of the harder schedules in the league. Mm-hmm. But after you see some of these guys play, the Ravens are underachieving. Um, I would say the Steelers are underachieving. They should be one of the higher teams in the AFC just based on the skill of that team. And, like, you just kind of have to deal with it. But, I mean, Seymour, he may have a easy schedule as it sees right now, but it's also because he's beating all these teams. So the, all of their records go down because he's beating them, and that makes their team look bad strength of schedule-wise. Yeah, I was going to say, as of right now, he's only played... As it stands, he's only played one team with a winning record. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's beat them all. But um, looking toward the end of the season, he's got Browns who have a winning record, Seahawks, Packers, and Cardinals. Other than that, everybody's I was going to say, I think almost all of my, my wins have been against teams with, well, not all of them, but almost all of them have been against teams with winning records, I think. Because you got Josh, he's got a winning record, obviously. You got Papa twice. You got Seattle. Um, that's already half, I think. But we need more predictions. Yeah, Jared, Jared you got any input? Uh, you guys said pretty much what I what I'm thinking. Except I think Afeto's going to win the Super Bowl. But there you that's go. What a bias! I mean, <laughs> living vicariously through Madden. He plays really good defense, though, and I don't. He does. Think, he does. I mean, that defense is going to carry him. So that's my opinion. You just want to see Minshew win a Super Bowl so you can jerk off to it. After. I do, I do. <laughs> I, I might. I think it honestly depends on on who from the NFC side makes it. Because I hate to say it, yeah, yeah. If Gorilla's is the one that squeaks through, that's a defensive battle, and I think Gafetto might win that defensive battle. Yeah. Whereas if Django makes it through, it's an offensive battle against a defensive battle, and if Django can get up by two scores, it's over because Afedo's offense is not going to come back from that. Yeah, I also think that Afedo is a significantly better matchup against any of the NFC teams for compared to me because I saw that a lot of people were saying that the Jets could have been in the AFC Championship game. My defense is not good. They are very bad, actually. Like, I have a bunch of just mediocre guys that would just be kind of depth players for most teams all over my roster, and I, I think I'm 32nd in passing yards given up but i lead the league in interceptions so it's just the fact that i'm getting turnovers which is leading to me don't break exactly it like i mean there were multiple times against joe where he would move the ball down the field and he would somehow turn over the ball on my side of the field and i was just keeping myself alive in these games same thing happened against symptoms last week he had two times in the red zone where he threw interceptions and i took him back i it's just that i'm i'm Bending, but not breaking, keeping myself alive in these games. But I think Afeto is a significantly better matchup for any NFC team than I am. Do you guys want to hit some of these awards before we call it a podcast? Yeah, we got a little bit of time. We still have a hit an hour, so. I want to I wanna say JT for Rookie of the Year, but those Sim games are killing me. He's still currently he's, ranked at the top He's starting to win it. Yeah, he's still currently ranked at the top of it. Because if you go into... This is for actually everybody that in our league. If you go into the stats section um, to look at everybody's stats and then uh, go to awards, 
you can click under yearly awards and look at whoever is the leader in all of the categories right now. So uh, currently, I'll start off with some of my predictions. Um, I think MVP is kind of taken care of. I mean, it's got to be Cook right now. He's literally carrying a team to an undefeated record right now. And he's playing out of his mind, and he's still like 150 yards above the second uh, rusher in yards. So it's got to be Cook. Um, my AFC Rookie of the Year for the offensive side has got to be Jonathan Taylor. Played against him. I played nothing but pretty much run commit defense the whole time, and Taylor still ran for over 100 yards on me. Um, and defensive Rookie of the Year, I'm going to do a little favoritism. I'm going to give it to my boy Ashton Davis because he's got oh, six interceptions. Bullshit. He's got three of them returned for touchdowns. He is fifth in the league, uh, fifth in all rookies and tackles as well. And who's first? Probably a linebacker or something. Oh, it's you. Isn't it Logan Wilson? He definitely <laughs> said yeah. that because he knows. <laughs> yeah, it's Logan Wilson. It should be linebacker. It's weird to see a safety as fifth in tackles. Yeah. That's why. I but, know. I just wanted to rub that in. No, Wilson's honestly, <laughs> if he if he was scoring touchdowns, he would be one of the guys yeah. that I would put in there yeah. as well. Um, and on the defensive side, I mean, the NFC side, Jalen Hurts has got to be Rookie of the Year um, purely yep. because what he's doing with that team. And then I don't think it's currently the top choice right now, but I think Chase Young's going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year for uh, the NFC. Because well, he's only he going to get gets, better and better. Yeah, he's, he's only going to get better. He gets crazy amounts of pressure. I've watched a couple of the games that um, Washington's yep. played this year, and he just immediately gets off the break. I've had There's a couple of times where he should have had a sack, and the guy just slightly threw away the ball. So I think he's going to pump up those numbers and grab it before the end of the season. Yep. Anybody else with some awards? I think uh, Aaron Rodgers will come out as a NFC uh, MVP. I think it's a quarterback award mainly. And Rodgers is having yeah. a crazy year. 70% completion percentage. Uh, 22 touchdowns, just 10 INTs. Um, he's looked really, really good. Um, rookie of the year, but everything probably correlates with what Johnny said. Johnny um, said, yeah, he kind of covered all the bases on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think other than that, um, I would have Rodgers as my NFC MVP, and that'd be the only difference. Uh, it's about those stats now where Pittman's ranking in those stats compared to JT. For rookie yeah, the, there's a lot of receivers that are close. Yeah. Which is bodes well for me, I guess, because my number one receiver and my running back are both rookies and young. <laughs> Actually, good for development, them and Josh Allen. I do want to point out Michael Pittman is seventh on offensive rookie of the year for AFC right now. There you go. There's still plenty of time now. See if you can make it up. Get him or Taylor there, and you got a, probably a dev upgrade. Here's your here's your top three for each offense AFC offensive rookie Jonathan Taylor first, Jerry Judy then Tua. Defensive rookie Ashton Davis, Legarius Sneed, Logan Wilson. NFC offensive Jalen Hurts, Cam Akers, and Cole Komet. NFC is Javin White, Antoine Winfield, and Xavier McKinney. We cannot let Javin White win that. Yeah, if Javin White wins that, we're in trouble. That guy has like 93 speed as a linebacker, and um, and Germs stole that's Germs user. So yeah. If anybody else has an award, um, let me know. But 
I wanted to get a last segment that I did not write down. Just kind of like the under-the-radar teams to look out for, like a team that's not even really rink playoffs that you might see as user. So. Yeah. If anybody else has an award, um, let me know. But I wanted to get a last segment that I did not write down. Just kind of like the under-the-radar teams to look out for, like a team that's not even really rink playoffs that you might see come out of nowhere and fit in as the seventh seed or something like that because i think there's quite a bit of teams that are not that bad or kind of finding themselves as the season goes on and uh, i want to know if you guys have any kind of like dark horse candidates to make the playoffs denver broncos denver broncos that's a good yeah, choice he's been my sleeper throughout this whole season he kind of he wins some games, he loses some, but I think I think he's pretty good. He just has to find his team, figure out what he's doing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I the average Steelers are in my boat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh, Steelers too. Yeah, I like Bell's the way Bell plays. Good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I have a, a sneaky one for the playoffs this year. That's not kind of obvious, but I think I say I think the Lions. Ends up being a good coach if he sticks that's, for a few that's years. exactly where I was going to go. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not uh, going to make the playoffs this year, but as long as he can get some players and build that team, I like the, the way he plays the game, and I think he's a good coach. So I pick him yeah. as a sleeper team for future seasons. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it just because I think probably not this season, but yeah, well, no, Jared. <laughs> Two teams out of the AFC I think are pretty good if they can get themselves together, minimize turnovers, and play well. Um, Jarrett's obviously one of them, but he just does. The Bengals just don't have the team right now. I don't think that they're yeah, if they can do no it in the, line. the the only problem is that that first rounder's gone, and it did turn into OJ Howard, who's a fantastic it is player. Worth it. Yeah, and the Howard other team that I'm looking out for because it's. He's he's getting into a groove. Is got to be Darth. He's getting into a groove. He's got a locked-in defense. He doesn't have to do that much on offense to win some of these games. He just needs to pump that confidence up, and he can Get really Jerry's start doing. Right that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Jerry. I'm with you. I don't I don't think it's necessarily the fact that he's a great defensive coach. I think it's the fact that his defensive team is good enough that he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, that's exactly that's what I mean. Secondary, you could just sit there. I mean. <laughs> He gets yeah. Dude, but he, there's a reason that he's fourth in rushing yards with Austin Eckler. Oh, yeah, no, I he's mean, running the ball well. He's running sure. the ball all over people. If he can minimize turnovers with H- Herbert, he's going to win games. <laughs> I mean, he's playing people close. He played a Fedo close. He only lost by three points. I mean, you got yeah, you got to understand. A Fedo, we just said, is a favorite to possibly win the Super Bowl. And he just yeah. – he only gave up six points to a Fedo. Yeah. So, I mean, like, these are, these are big-time numbers. If he can minimize the bad plays – He's going to be a team that can sneak in as a playoff team. Not this year. I don't think this year because there's there's too many teams that are on the brink. Like you guys said, the Steelers, um, the Broncos, all these teams that are like right on the edge. And I think one of those teams, if they do make the playoffs, is going to be somebody to watch out for. Leak yeah. is too concerned about throwing a stiff farm in, yeah. <laughs> as if he might break a rule. Darth, exactly. Darth's going to do a lot of trades in the offseason. I think it's going to – Gonna fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when, when Johnny said for that, the league's gonna make the that. playoffs, he's the sleeper. I was like, "Come on, Johnny!" <laughs> no, I didn't say he was gonna make the playoffs. I said not this year. I said not Dark this, year. Not this, yeah. this year. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. He does have a limited window with that defense because those corners. They're gonna. Yeah. Yep. Let's be honest. And I think that's gonna make him nervous in the off season, and he's gonna start making trades. Once he sees that regression, that's when he's gonna start making those trades for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's gonna true. hurt him. He starts dealing those D backs. Like they've got two good years for sure. The third one mm-hmm. seems the rule. If he the starts dealing any of those D backs, he's in trouble. The if he stays away from leaks. Joe like trades. <laughs> well, I was about to say the biggest Joe thing in Leaks corner right now is uh, who's in that division with him. Yeah. For for me, he's in the bottom right corner of my screen. That's why. Looking yeah. there. That, that's what you guys got to keep in mind is who is in that division. You guys are talking up Nobody. the Broncos and you're talking up the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those teams but in that don't... division are similar in record. I mean, the Chiefs yeah. have the best record in the division right now. He's only three games behind them. I mean, yeah. and. and and I know that Joe was saying earlier that he's trying to like minimize interceptions with Mahomes, but in the last two games against two playoff teams right now, which is the Jets and the Panthers, you threw six interceptions in those games, and that's what ended up hurting you in the end. But the previous two games before that, there were zero interceptions in each of those two games. So a lot of this comes down to, for all these teams, minimize turnovers. Like exactly what Django and Gorilla and I were all saying when Django was looking up the stats of like the the lower amount of passes thrown per game. All three of us have solid playoff or, or current records. It's because we don't need to pass the whole time because we're taking what's given to us and then we're maximizing on these opportunities. So I mean, just don't force it. That's all he has to do. Because if you look at his stats on Daddy Leagues right now, he's actually got his defense is solid across the board, but his offense is thirty first, thirty first, thirty first, and then good at rushing. So you okay? So question. Does he stay with Herbert? That's a question I would like to know as well. Because I think that's... Does he stay with Herbert or does he look for somebody else in the offseason? He could get some good value for Herbert. Because I don't think Herbert's going to help him offensively. He could could do a lot better without Herbert, in my opinion. Yeah. Herbert belongs on the Vikings. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah, that's true. Another coach that won't develop a quarterback? I I mean... (laughs) I just need a cheap contract. I just need a cheap contract. If if I mean, if, if Leak isn't looking at this year making the playoffs, I don't know why you'd get rid of Herbert. He can be so solid. He should be developing him and focus training him every week, and Herbert should be an absolute stud sooner than later. Yeah, um, he, he could be good. I just definitely think that Leak, if he makes the playoffs, it'll be as a wild card because we all know who's winning the AFC West every year. The Broncos, it's right? The Kansas City yeah, Chiefs. Probably the Broncos. The Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. Okay, Mahomes to Tyreek. You, you can only do so many streaks in a game. I know I can, but all I need is three. <laughs> I think a lot of what has to be said is there's not there's not a bunch of teams like in previous years where we've had um, leagues. I don't think that there's a bunch of teams that are like dominant powerhouses. A lot of these teams at the top still have flaws to their games and can be taken advantage of. I mean, there's, and it, a lot of that comes down to matchup. I think Josh brought this up earlier in the playoffs seating. There's matchups that just don't do well for you. Like I personally don't match up that well against super defensive minded coaches, but I also play really well against teams that run the ball a lot. My stats don't show that, but I don't lose as much to teams that run the ball a lot during the thing. I match up well against, I mean, every time I play Django and Gorilla, we play close games. Every time I play Joe, we play close games. I don't have a team that shows that, but if those certain matchups, they're tougher. Like, 
Jerem has a ten. His team doesn't match up well against Django. So if he gets matched up against him in the playoffs, that's a tough matchup. And then, like for example, Gorilla has a good rushing attack. But if he played against Seymour, who has one of the top rushing defenses, it's gonna he's gonna it's gonna be a closer game entirely. And you don't know any type of thing could fall a missed field goal because of maybe like wind, a little bit of lag, anything along those lines could screw you in a game like that. So I mean, like. Joe puts up a shit ton of points. If you can't match his points, you're going to be in trouble. But if there's a team that has to play him for, like, the Broncos, who are averaging 35 points a game, he might be in some trouble because if they can match him and he's making more turnovers than they are, then that's exactly what I think he was saying when he was like, I might get knocked out first, second round with this team. I would say I beat I the Broncos. Joe, I don't think Joe matches up against great against my team just because I won't let him have the ball that much. Exactly. Feed it to JT, and he'll get the ball once a quarter. And if he throws an interception <laughs> on one of those drives, like it can put him in trouble. Whereas if he gets in a shootout with somebody, like I couldn't keep up with him in a shootout, not a chance. But if I don't give him the ball, like it's just all those matchups. Yeah, for sure. I think that was exactly what went my way when I played against Joe. I just kept giving it to Bell the whole game, and if I just took time away and time away and time away. And honestly, if I didn't continue to take time away. I think he would have came back because it was close towards the end and he tied it up. And I was, I was pissed because I was like, why did I abandon the run at one point? Because if you keep running, that's what you do to take advantage of these guys that have to win in shootouts and put up a bunch of points. Damn cover for quarters. Yeah, don't right. give up when you got like six rushes for seven yards. Keep pounding that rock. Yeah. Yep. That, oh, that's, that's, that's a good thing that we should probably talk about real quick is I a lot of teams have been asking – how do you how do you have positive numbers on rushing and when you get behind in games and i think i was talking to gorilla as well this you just can't abandon the run you just you just it doesn't matter if you're down a little bit just just you can't abandon the run even if you're down by 10 13 don't abandon the run because if you do that the defense that they're going to they're going to come out playing pass coverage defense thinking oh you need to make up these points they're going to play nickel they're going to give you opportunities. Keep running it. Just keep running it. You'll I mean, break one thing, and you'll go for it, and then suddenly it's a one-score game. What I, t what it, I would say I play the game actually that way. I like to, I come out passing often, and when I start throwing interceptions where I, I get down a little bit, I start running the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I did against you, Johnny. First half, you had two, two interceptions on me. Yeah. And I think I tied it up right before half. And then I got the ball after half, and uh, uh, I wound up taking the lead on that first possession of the half, after uh, the second half. But I started running the ball more. I was like, fuck, I, can't, I keep on throwing the ball to him. And if I just – I was moving the ball fine, and then I'd throw an interception. I think I threw two interceptions in the red zone in that game. Yeah. Um, at least the ball, the ball was thrown towards the red zone. One was in the end zone, and one was right around the 20. Um, moving the ball down the field. And so actually it's – I play like – backwards you could say from a lot of people if they want to establish the run game i don't even worry about that if i'm playing bad passing the ball is when i'll start running the ball more yeah. and then uh if i get a lead passing the ball start running the ball more either way so i mean it, it i kind of maybe play backwards that way but it, i find that whenever i start playing poorly running the ball is always the safest bet and just continue to feed it that's yeah. the that's the way. I mean, you, this game is actually a hell of a lot better in that it's not always just like a negative two yard run or an eighty yard run. You got to get take your three four yards carry and then get a third and three, third and two. Yeah, take that. 
That opens it's up like a short drag. I think that's my big thing with running is lots of people try to, oh, I can cut this outside and I can maybe bust it big. Yeah, but you can also go for negative one yards where if you just hit that hole hard and fast, you're going to get three. Yeah, I like that's to bust a, it big. Hit those holes hard and fast and bust go, it. Go straight forward. You get four that's yards to carry. You can just you get a first down. Like, yeah, for sure. You open up maybe fir first, second down, getting four yards each one. That third and two is significantly easier, and that opens up the playbook a lot for you. You can do a small screen. You can do another run right upside inside the middle. You can do a short pass. You can do a play action. They're not going to expect it. But if you run and try to do just an outside run right off the bat and you lose a yard, suddenly it's second and 11, and you're like, well, fuck, I, gotta, I have to make up yards on this play. It's just kind of... Do anything you can to keeping the running back involved in the game. You take one aspect of your offense out, and you're going to be screwed because it makes it a lot easier for the defense to call something if they know that you're going to pass the whole time. Third and shorts, people. All the great coaches talk about third downs, third and shorts, getting third and shorts so you can convert third down, high third down conversion percentage. You don't need to be always shooting for deep ball throws unless you maybe have a Tyreek Hill. And then it's kind of understandable with that sort of offense to be vertically passing the ball. But little, I've been figuring out, um, you know, little the the, the uh, what's the uh, hot route, right trigger, the, the little short screen. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. to the outside wide receiver. That's working really great because people are playing so far off on D Hop and Isabella, and so I can just do that little smoke screen. That's what I'm looking for. And it actually works in this game because wide receivers can get up the field quick enough. I get five yards of carry, actually, or five yards on those all the time. And actually, against Johnny and Flap, I want to say I started the game off with one of those smoke screens because they were yeah. playing soft, and I made the first guy miss. And D Hop got kind of like the one yard line both times. <laughs> but big big plays off a of little smoke screens. You can actually do that in this game. You don't have to be focused on making all the yards through the air on the pat. Third and, and two is where you make your mismatch too. Like, if I come out with a one tight end set and three wide receivers on third and two with JT in the backfield, what are you doing? Are you running a 4-3 to stop the run, or are you going nickel to stop the pass? Either way, i got a mismatch somewhere, and you can take advantage of it. Are you going to try to send a bunch of blitzes uh, to stop the run, go all out on a blitz, one man up on D-hop on the outside? Try me. Try me. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get those mismatches on, on third and eight. Like they no. Don't yeah. defense, defense can call whatever they want. Right. A lot of it, and and – a big thing don't be afraid to throw the ball away don't be afraid to punt it you'll have another opportunity forcing some of these passes and giving away opportunities to the other team is gonna screw you giving I away mean, field position the hidden stats i mean joe knows how it is. i mean that that interception right at halftime right before halftime he could have nailed it and we could have gone to the half and it would have been like a four-point game or whatever and instead he decided to loft the ball up with mahomes and he got picked sixth as the half was coming up and Fantastic return, by the way, Johnny. Bravo. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, That's that rookie. That's Ashton Davis for you. That one hurt. I had a dev story against the Ravens, so I came out throwing because I, I had a dev story for Pittman. Obviously, there you go. It would be great to get him a superstar, but I threw two picks early, one for a pick six, and I'm down early. So it was like, all right, go back to what I'm actually good at doing and forcing to my receiver. He, he still ended up with 100 yards, didn't get it, but... I started throwing the ball around more. Take the open receiver. Don't yeah. Don't tunnel vision it because I, I pulled the Jarrett early and then I, I at least stopped. Jarrett didn't. Speaking of Jarrett, <laughs> there he is. He's barely there. There he is. He's been hopping in and out. Your mic's on mute, Jarrett. Oh, What's up? There you so go. What are we doing? Wrap up though. 
Yeah, we're just gonna wrap it yeah, up. We're wrapping it up. Anything last to say? Any Damn tips it, you can give people? Um, don't chase a dev story. There you go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was just talking about. <laughs> yep. Get don't. you in trouble every yep. time. Every time. Let it happen. Yep. Uh, all right. I think so we're, we're That's done all here. I got. Yeah, right, looking was, early yeah. November for the next we'll, podcast. We'll guys, do this so. again soon. Yeah, man. It was a good time. Thanks for watching, yep. guys. Thanks for watching. And Peace. thanks for joining in. <laughs>